Here's the problem. Your organization will give you the title, the pay, and the people, but they won't necessarily equip you to lead. And not feeling equipped leads you to feeling more stress and burnout. You just need to learn the right proactive tools to get ahead of the daily fires you always seem to be fighting in leadership. And I've put together a leadership checklist that I use to help you have the tools you need to focus on and take critical action in the most essential areas of leadership. If you follow this checklist, you'll conquer leadership in these four areas, the head or mindset, the heart or relationships, the hands or execution, and the guts or accountability. Click on the link in the show notes or go to leadershipontherocks.com slash checklist to get your free leadership checklist so that you can post it on your wall and reference it often. Be encouraged, friend, and know that you are leading for such a time as this. Again, click on the link in the show notes or go to leadershipontherocks.com slash checklist to get your free leadership checklist. Stepping into a new leadership role, (laughs) well, all eyes are on you and everybody has expectations of you in that role. But you don't know what you don't know. And you feel like you're walking through a darkened cave trying to not only find the light, but you're also trying not to get bit by the snakes lurking in the dark or blow yourself and your team up by stepping on a booby trap. Talk about stress. Leadership on the Rocks podcast, where we equip and empower leaders like you to thrive in and create harmony between your professional and personal lives. I'm your host, Bethany Reese, and in today's episode, we're going to learn about the four specific and intentional checkpoints that we're going to use to plan our transition into a new leadership role. Hey, leaders. I'm beyond excited about the topic of today's episode. (laughs) In fact, I'm so passionate about it that I actually had to split it up into a two-part series because I believe planning for your transition into a leadership role is one of the most critical actions you can do to ensure you're starting your leadership journey on the right path. Now, like I said in my last episode on building a pipeline of great leaders, your organization will give you the title, the pay, and the people, but they won't necessarily equip you in how to lead. And y'all, this lack of equipping leaders is causing a lot of amazing, talented people to become so overwhelmed in their entry leadership role that they quit. They step out of leadership because they feel defeated or that life's too short to live this stressed out. Now, can any of you out there identify with that overwhelmed feeling from your first or maybe even your current leadership role? I can. (laughs) Here's the deal. Being in leadership position It shouldn't ruin your life because of all the stress it tends to bring. We've just got to do a better job of teaching ourselves and other leaders and how to use proactive tools to minimize that stress and overwhelm. And that's why this and next week's podcast episode is 100% dedicated to how to transition into a new leadership role. By taking on any new job, and especially a new job in leadership, is stressful. But according to a university hospital article, the top five stressful life events are the death of a loved one, divorce, moving, a major illness or injury, and job loss. But I bet you and I, if we put our heads together, we could easily extend that list to number six and say it includes transitioning to a new job. And why do you think that is? (laughs) I think it's because when you take on a new role, 
you're automatically starting with a deficit or with a gap. There's a gap of knowledge about the culture you're stepping into, the people you're working with, and the actual work itself. But there's also a gap in knowing all the hidden expectations on you. You see, stepping into a new leadership role, all eyes are on you, and everybody has expectations of you in that role. But you don't know what you don't know. (laughs) And you feel like you're walking through a darkened cave trying to find the light while you're also trying to not get bit by snakes lurking in the dark or blowing yourself and your team up by stepping on a booby trap. I mean, talk about stress. Here's the reality of pretty much every person's experience as they take on a new leadership role. See if you can identify with this. First, they experience the mountaintop of promotion. Most new leaders were amazing individual contributors, and they could really get the work done. So much so that they got the promotion. Congratulations. (laughs) But now our manager is on the mountaintop and is beyond excited about her new position and has big dreams about all the things she's going to accomplish. She has big plans for how she can add value and make a positive impact on her team. So she steps into her role with expectations for how everything's going to play out and how her leadership is going to be applauded by all. But (laughs) her organization or leadership program didn't really set her up for success in understanding the people side of leadership. And she wasn't really given a heads up either into the toxicity that already existed on the current team. Her promotion wasn't greeted with cheers from her new team, but with attitudes. Attitudes ranging from indifference to anxiety over the change to even frustration and anger because some of the team members had applied for the leadership position and were passed over. So from the get-go, her team was a mixed bag of emotions, which led to them not willingly following her lead, but actually pushing back on her and her ideas, which leads us to the second experience. The second experience consists of the avalanche of reality. Remember, we're on the mountaintop of promotion. Now we're sliding down the avalanche of reality. Our manager's idealism about how people would naturally welcome change, uh, they don't, (laughs) and that they would naturally welcome her leadership, they didn't. Well, that built expectations in her mind that were a far cry from the reality she experienced. And all the gaps of knowledge that we talked about earlier to those unmet expectations, well, what you have there is a slippery slope of stress and negativity. And also by having continued unmet expectations, our manager struggled through constant conflict and disappointment that felt like failure after failure. Now remember, up to this point, our manager was a successful and highly praised individual contributor. Never before has she experienced such stress, negativity, and feelings of failure. Which leads us to our third experience, the Valley of Overwhelm. In the Valley of Overwhelm, our manager begins to have doubts that she's even capable of leading. She feels like an imposter that sold the idea of her being a leader when in fact she's scared to death that she's the wrong leader for the job. This feeling of failure encased within imposter syndrome causes her to lose hope, which gives way to an unhealthy fixed mindset that harbors fear, anxiety, stress, and doubt. Feeling so overwhelmed with conflict and failure, our manager just gives up by giving into the status quo and accepting things as they are, because that's the path of least resistance. Because she chose to take the easier and less conflict-riddled path of keeping things status quo, she now believes the narrative that things can never change and even begins to develop 
cynicism. And the valley of overwhelm is where managers of status quo stay, some for years, some for decades, and some for their entire career. They've lost the desire to dream again because their fixed mindset says things will never change and people will never change. Now, I've experienced the mountaintop of promotion. (laughs) I've also experienced the avalanche of reality. And yes, even the valley of overwhelm. I've personally slid down that slippery slope into the valley of overwhelm. And let me tell you, that can really mess with your confidence as a leader. In my first promotion, I really struggled with imposter syndrome, which you can learn about more if you go back to episode five. It's called humble confidence. But let me tell you something. I refused to stay in that valley of overwhelm. My why behind my what as a leader was too big to allow me to sit in my own pity party and accept the empty gifts of status quo. So by the grace, wisdom, and discernment of God, I found the path back up the mountain. Um, The mountain of leadership away from the valley of overwhelm and status quo. And y'all, I can show you the way. Because your story is different. You're not meant to be a manager of status quo. You're meant to be an essential leader of impact. So while your journey may have started the same as our manager of status quo with the avalanche of reality and the valley of overwhelm, it doesn't end the same. Instead of sitting in that valley of overwhelm, you learn how to make that climb back up the mountain to build your life and leadership on the essential rocks. So if you're thinking about stepping into leadership or you're currently experiencing the valley of overwhelm, (laughs) don't worry. I'm going to share the plan that makes the transition into leadership less stressful and more impactful. Now, there are four specific and intentional checkpoints we're gonna use to plan our transition into leadership. The first checkpoint starts with us. You know, we always have to start with us and the self. We'll first focus on our own mindset because (laughs) let's face it, leadership causes us to face many, 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 many internal and interpersonal challenges. And as we think and feel about things and situations, so we're gonna act. Now, the second checkpoint is impressions. Now, before you ever step foot in your team, people have already built a story in their head about you. (laughs) That is the truth. And that story has developed a strong impression. So you'll need to work to craft that impression into who or what is an actual better reflection of the real you and your leadership. The third checkpoint is relationships. Relationships are the bloodline to the culture of your team and organization And relationships are the quickest way to poison or heal a work culture. Now, the fourth checkpoint is implementing a 90-day plan. Intentional planning is everything. You should never step foot into a game, a battle, or a new leadership position without a plan on how to play offense and defense. So let's get to planning your transition into leadership. checkpoint starts with us. We'll first focus on our own mindset because leadership causes us to face many internal and interpersonal challenges. Honestly, the biggest battle you'll ever face in leadership and in life is the one in your own head. So the goal for us as leaders is to capture our thoughts prior to them inducing such strong emotions. It's only a split second action to capture one's thoughts before they spiral out of control into strong emotions, but trust me, it can be done. Because here's the truth. As our thoughts go, our feelings and actions follow (laughs) every time. 
Have you ever worked for an emotional boss who freely spews their current moods onto their employees? Ugh, I have. And y'all, an emotional boss is so hard to work for. You never know what you're going to get. The natural science and biology behind the human brain is that people can't think clearly when they're overwhelmed and stressed. Their rational and logical thinking is clouded by their emotions. So as a leader, if you let your emotions run your thinking, you'll lose. You're going to lose your peace of mind, you're going to lose valuable employees, and you're going to lose profits. As a leader, you have to grow in your emotional intelligence to be able to identify and then manage your own emotions. Why? (laughs) Again, leadership definitely has its ups and downs, its hills and its valleys, if you will. To survive the negativity that surrounds most leadership positions, you have to learn to develop the head or mindset of a leader. Now, I want to give you three examples of how to do that. One, you just need to become secure in your identity and purpose as a leader. That foundation of who you are and why you exist and what your purpose is, is so important. Remind yourself daily of who you are and why you became a leader. This alone is going to reduce all that noise that wants to rob you of your peace of mind. So my strong identity and sense of purpose has really secured my confidence that can't be chipped away by the negativity that I experience in leadership. Because honestly, dealing with negativity and handling problems and complaints is what leaders do. It's your job. In fact, leaders need to work to shield their teams from any ridiculousness that's going to distract them from the work. Now, I've told my teams over and over again that I'm here to shield them from the bullets so that they can focus on the work. And I usually follow it up with some kind of encouragement, like, don't worry about me. I'm really a size two. This is just thick skin, you see. (laughs) And honestly, by me saying that, it actually helps me uh, be a little bit more confident and more strong in taking on that negativity. All right, number two, grow in your emotional intelligence. You've got to identify and manage your emotions so that you respond instead of react to situations. So there's a couple of ways you can do that. But you need to remind yourself to reframe your thoughts. You need to slow your thinking. Learn to have that quick internal dialogue with yourself. Now you can reframe your thoughts by one, just assume positive intent from the person before jumping to conclusions about all their evil intentions. Stop telling yourself stories. Another way is that you can zoom out and look for the bigger picture at play. There's usually always a bigger picture to look at. And three, just remember that there's always a lesson to be learned. You're not going to be the perfect leader. A perfect leader doesn't exist. So just find the lesson. Find the lesson in that conflict. What can you learn from it? How can you take that lesson and apply it in the next situation? So slow your thinking and reframe your thoughts. Now, a third thing that you can do, and this is honestly one of my favorites that helped me, is just to develop a routine that helps you to mentally wash off the workday so that you can be fully present at home. Everyone needs an end-of-the-day routine to reset their thoughts and feelings so that you don't carry the stresses of the job over into your home life. Your family shouldn't have to bear the weight of your bad day at work. So wash that crud off, (laughs) right? If you're like out tramping around in mud, you'll take your boots off before stepping into your house. Wash off that work stress and crud before stepping into your house. Now, let me tell you what I do. Before I leave work, I brain dump, I just list or think about and write down all the problems and projects that I'm working on in order to get them out of my head. Brain dumping is so helpful. Just get it out of your head because I don't want them waking me up at night, right? So I get it out. 
And then another thing I do is whenever I get in my car, I always listen to some positive, upbeat music that allows me to kind of karaoke my way out of stress before I pull into my driveway. But that's what I do. So find your routine, whatever it is, but wash off your workday before you step into your house. Because y'all, managers of status quo that have fallen into that valley of overwhelm and have developed that fixed mindset that things are never going to change for the better, they've stopped trying. And that's not who you are. Essential leaders develop a leader mindset that gives them confidence in who they are. But they also, it gives them self-awareness to reframe their thoughts and emotions and the ability to learn the thoughts of emotions of even the people they lead. And those with a leader mindset become essential leaders of impact that thrive in and create harmony between their professional and personal lives because they know how to wash off the workday before entering their home. The second checkpoint is impressions. Before you ever step foot into your new team, People have already built a story in their head about you, (laughs) and that story has developed a strong impression. When a team learns that they're losing their current manager and gaining a new one, it produces a lot of stress and anxiety. Even if they disliked their current manager, it's always, how does that phrase go? It's always better to uh, go with the devil you know versus the devil you don't. (laughs) It's kind of the way people feel about that. Now, I've mentioned this before on another podcast episode, but I once worked at a school where I had five different principals in six years, five different bosses in six years. That's a lot of revolving doors of change. And let me tell you what I learned from my peers during that time. People naturally fear the unknown. They build up huge stories in their minds about all the things that could or are going to happen. And they tend to have a downward spiral of thoughts like, oh, great. Now I have to reprove myself as a great worker to the new guy. Or, you know what? I'm so tired of these change and transitions. Thank God I only have three more years until retirement. Or maybe they're thinking, oh, great. I wonder what new ideas she's going to come in with. It's going to create more busy work for me. And then I've even heard this one. Oh, I heard they hired Bethany as our new manager. And somebody's brother's cousin told me that she fired a whole department at her last company. (laughs) The anxiety over a change in a leader is so thick that you could cut it with a knife. So now let's talk about you coming in as a new leader. You are the unknown. So you're the one causing the stress before you ever step foot on that team. So before you're ever named boss, your team already has a great deal of anxiety about you. And they may not know you yet, but they fear you and the change that you're most likely going to bring with you. Before you ever step foot into your team, they already have impressions of you and your role. So you'll need to be intentional in crafting a better impression into who or what is more accurate, a more accurate reflection of the real you and your actual leadership style. So whoever coined the phrase about the importance of first impressions, they were spot on. They are so right. You need to think through the team that you're leading and then try using that newfound emotional intelligence that we've been talking about and identify the emotions. But this time I want you to think about how your team feels. Now, I've said this uh, before, but it bears repeating. When trying to empathize with others, I want you to think waffle. What are their wants? aspirations, fears, frustrations, loves, and expectations. So before you introduce yourself, think through your team's waffle. (laughs) Again, what are their wants, aspirations, fears, frustrations, loves, and expectations? Try to empathize with that. 
and plan your first impression to address their waffles. (laughs) I'm sorry, I crack myself up every time I say that. Just uh, don't ever wing your first impression. Don't do that. Plan and then plant your priorities within that first and even the second uh, impressions. Because people want to follow a leader that they like, trust, and respect. Now, make sure your first impression and the encounters after are focused on serving the team and not the team serving you. Again, people want to follow a leader that they like, trust, and respect. So how are you going to come across when they first meet you? Have you thought about that? Or maybe they already know you because you've already been on the team and you got the promotion. So how are you going to come come across now that you have that title by your name? You need to think about it. As you make your first impression or heck, even need to make a new impression, think about these three things. Think about your body language and the nonverbal cues that you're giving off. Think about your introduction speech content and the tone in which you give it. And then think about your first actions as manager. These three things are going to tell so much about you. Again, think about your body language and nonverbal cues, your introduction speech content and the tone in which you give it, and then your first actions as manager. So I want to learn from two completely fictional managers who go through the same introduction process with their team but they make completely different first impressions. So let's go through two fictional managers. First up, manager number one. Manager number one walks into the team meeting with the big boss, and he sits right beside the big boss at the conference table and has sidebar conversations with the big boss as the employees are coming in. And then during uh, the meeting, whenever the introduction is made, he's looking up at the big boss with this big, firm face, looks very serious. And then when he's introduced, his face and tone are polished, but they're still serious. His eye contact is more like the glazing of the audience at the table. He's not, he's seeing you, but he's not really seeing you. And then he talks about his past successes in leadership as though he needs everyone to know his entire resume. Now, after a long speech about himself, he ends with, oh, how I'm so excited to be joining the team, to be leading the team. And he looks forward to leading them and reaching their team goals and producing results. And then he's done and he sits down. All right, now let's talk about manager number two and how uh, he handled the introduction. Manager two walks into the room with the big boss, just like the first guy did, and purposely places his things at a different chair away from the big boss. And then he goes and he stands at the conference room door to greet each employee with a smile and a handshake as they come in. When the meeting starts, he takes his place amongst his new team members. And when he's introduced, he smiles and makes eye contact with each team member and talks in a positive, upbeat tone. He starts off with how excited he is to join their team. And he publicly praises the good work that they've already been accomplishing and how he looks forward to meeting with each of the team members one-on-one to discuss their specific job roles, their professional goals, and how he can support them in their role. He mentions his family and the importance of work-life harmony and He ends his intro speech by reminding everyone in the room why they do what they do and how it's tied to a greater purpose. He again mentioned how he's going to schedule the one-on-ones with each team member. Now, which one do you feel like gave off the better first impression? Manager number two, right? (laughs) Because manager number two had a friendly and open body language and those nonverbal cues. He greeted them with smiles and handshakes and he sat amongst them and gave great eye contact. His introductory speech was more about praising the work of the team than about himself. And he addresses some of their waffles and he explains what his first action as manager is going to be. 
that he's going to get to know them individually through one-on-ones. Always be intentional in how you're making impressions upon your team. Think through how your face, (laughs) you know, some of you have those resting faces that don't look so good. Think about that. Think about how your face and your body language looks. Lean in towards the team. Be friendly and personable. And remember that as their leader, you are there to serve them, not the other way around. Transitioning into a leadership role is stressful. (laughs) I've done it a couple times. It's very stressful. But by being proactive, you can make a better transition because there's automatically going to be anxiety around you stepping into that role, anxiety from your team, and honestly, all that anxiety in your own head. So go into the role with eyes wide open and be intentional by one, developing a mindset of a leader, and then two, making a great first impression. Okay, so let's recap the first two checkpoints that we're going to use in planning our transition into leadership. Again, one, develop a mindset of a leader to guide and protect you through that transition. You need to become secure in your identity and purpose because you're going to face a ton of conflict and negativity. So remind yourself daily of who you are and why you became a leader. Having those deep roots in identity and purpose will keep you standing when those storms come and the storms will come. Grow in your emotional intelligence to identify and manage your emotions so that you can respond instead of react. And a great way to do that is just slow your thinking. Remind yourself to reframe those thoughts. And then develop a routine to help you mentally wash off the workday so that you can be fully present when you get home. Don't bring the muck of the workday into your house. (laughs) Keep a clean house. All right, the second one was to make a great first impression. People naturally fear the unknown. They build up huge stories in their minds about all the things that could or are going to happen. And so there's a fear about you. You need to put their fears at ease by making a great first impression. Give off open and positive body language and nonverbal cues. Make your introduction speech content about them and in an upbeat tone. And don't make them wait. Tell them what your first actions as a manager is going to be. There's a lot of anxiety over that, so just cut through it and tell them what it is. Now, in the next episode, we're going to cover checkpoints three and four. Number three is relationships. Relationships, again, are the bloodline to the culture of your team and organization, and it's the quickest way to poison (laughs) or heal a work culture. And the number four is implementing that 90-day plan. Stepping into your role with an intentional plan on how to play offense and defense and to go for those quick wins. So until next time, continue putting in the work of building your life and leadership on the rocks, the essential rocks. God bless. Remember, the most essential rock you can build your life and leadership on is the rock of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse comes from Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets.